When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Exclusive live interviews. People, I think, have got that hunger back for hockey. Game highlights. Shot score! Jordan Everly set up by Taylor Hall. Expert analysis and your opinion. This is Overtime Open Line. Brought to you by the Terry Peranich Real Estate Team. Edmonton's number one real estate resource. Now... From the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers on Radio. Oilers Radio. 630 Shed. 31 wins, 43 losses, 8 single points for losing in an overtime or a shootout. That's the final record for the Oilers in 15-16. 70 points. They finished 29th in the 30-team NHL, ahead of only the Toronto Maple Leafs. The Oilers will have a 13.5% chance of winning the draft lottery on April 30th. Tonight, the Canucks outlasting the Oilers 4-3 in a seven-round shootout. Thanks for joining us. It's 11:29. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, along with Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. You are welcome to chime in as well. You can text us at 630-630. The phone number is 780-496-0063. Well, Rob, we weren't sure the shootout was going to end. <laughs> but it uh but it did. I mean the Canucks had one, two, three, four chances to win it before uh the Oilers had a chance to win it. If uh Talbot would have stopped for Tannen and then Edom finally uh ended it in a game that uh turned out to be kind of entertaining between two teams that are obviously well out of it. Yeah, it picked up after the first period. The first period looked like a couple of teams that were 28th and 29th in the league that had nothing to play for, but usually the competitive juices get going as the game goes on, and it doesn't matter that they had nothing to play for. They still had to play for pride tonight, and the game got better the second and third period. A number of good chances. Some players trying to make a last uh, good impression on on their team's general manager and coaching staffs. Uh, there were some beautiful plays, some big saves. Both goaltenders made some fantastic saves, none bigger than, I believe, Talbot's in overtime on Sedin's. That could have been goal of the year had that gone in. Talbot makes a save. And then, you know, four great saves, or four saves in a row by Talbot in the shootout. But to me, the biggest one was the Vertanen goal. It is very hard in a shootout to score to tie. It's much easier to score to, to win, not as much pressure. Vertanen goes in, scores, and eventually that leads to the, the Edom goal for the victory. Uh, it's it's unfortunate end to a season that I believe the Oilers fans, the Oilers team, the Oilers coaching staff would like to forget. Uh, but uh, in a season where the Oilers finished way below what they expected, there were still a lot of signs and a lot of... Uh, I, I think they learned a lot about a lot of players they hadn't thought of before, and I think there's reason to be optimistic going into the next season. All right. Let's talk about the the shootout lineup. Here's the seven players the Oilers used in order. Eberle, Hendricks, Nugent Hopkins, McDavid, Korpakoski, Dreisaitl, who shot from the other end of the rink and still scored. Smart play. And Maroon. 
They uh, did not use Hall or Yakupov, and they did use Korpakoski, which I know people are angry about on Twitter. Coming into tonight's game, in terms of shootout percentage in their careers, Korpakoski at 29, Hall at 27, Yakupov at 17. Korpakoski was 7 for 24 coming into today's game. Now, having said that, I, I was surprised that, that he went that high. I, I agree, and I, I, I don't know what McDavid's done in the past in his, his career, if he had penalty shots or shootouts in junior, but Connor McDavid's in my top three, mm-hmm. uh, no matter what. He's, he is one of the best players in the world. He's a guy that gets breakaways all the time. I did, he didn't score tonight, but I still have him in my top three. Uh, and Yakupov, little surprise he didn't shoot. Taylor Hall, I think it was a message being sent. Taylor Hall took a slashing penalty with seven seconds to go in overtime. Actually, Vancouver Canucks got two great chances in overtime to win it. So to me, unless I'm missing something and there's a rule that doesn't allow him to shoot, which you don't believe that that there is, I believe that the reason Taylor Hall didn't shoot is because of the penalty. The reason Yakupov didn't shoot is they feel that Korpakoski and possibly Maroon are both better shooters than him in a shootout. Well, Maroon made a great shot in regulation time. I mean, I know... It's, it's completely different, though, than going in on a breakaway no, shooting. Fair yeah. So, I mean, I was surprised by Maroon going in on a shootout, too. I, that's not his forte. Uh, and I said as that Edom was going in, I said, good chance this guy's going to score because he was a goal scorer in junior. He's used to being in a position on a breakaway. And it's completely different than a guy standing by the net and shooting. It's another thing being a guy on a breakaway, having a set move... Edom had a move, Maroon didn't. Uh, I, I mean, when you've got a guy like McDavid and a Hall and a Yakupov that aren't in your top three, obviously there's always going to be questions. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. We'll uh, crack it open tonight with one of our regulars. Six beers. Terry is on the line. Hey, how's it going, Terry? Are you actually there? Apparently, he, he is not. He went to get number seven. He went to get the seventh beer. Oh, not a bad decision. We have Sava on the line. Sava, are you with us? I'm uh, on whiskey, and I'm taking it slow. Okay. So I'm still around. Um, just a couple little bits of uh, karma notes I'd like to point out, and something uh, question it to see if you guys noticed something in the last game that Everly did. But um, anyways, uh, for the people who believe in karma, um, the Oilers were really good in the 80s, and that's how bad they were the past 10 years. When the Oilers won five out of seven cups, I really believe that they're going to win five out of seven draft years, the first overall. Um, that's just my little bit of karma, so I think we'll still win first overall. It doesn't matter where we finished. And um, has anybody really realized that um, the some people could argue the four best players that came out into the National Hockey League the past couple of years have been both in uh, Edmonton and Pittsburgh? with Lemieux and Crosby and McDavid and Gretzky. I don't know. Uh, I think Edmonton and Pittsburgh have both been really lucky. That's just a little thing I wanted to say. And finally, um, I'm not for Eberle. I'm not against him. I know Shirelli is going to have to trade a lot of uh, somebody. However, I saw something that Eberle did in the third period when they were playing at home the last game. As Dreisaitl was going for a um, uh, change, he just uh, gave him a little swat on the butt to give him a little extra push just to, like, help out his teammate to give him that extra little, you know, get him off the ice a little bit quicker. Um, I thought that was pretty cool, a good little teammate-type thing. Um, if I could get you guys a comment. 
Well, uh, you see that uh, not often, but you see it a lot, though, guys, especially on a back check. If one guy is ahead of a guy on a back check, he'll give him a little stick and stick in the back of his pants and give him a push to give him a little bit extra speed. It's a smart play, and, and trust me, it does work. If someone gives you a little jolt from behind, gives you a little bit of a, a, a acceleration on, on the back check, I don't. I didn't see the one you're talking about, but I have seen it a number of times. Probably happens every couple of games. You'll see a guy do it. I don't know who the Oilers are going to move. They will have to move someone good because they need something good in return. They need a good defenseman. Uh, and if they're going to look for a number one or a number two defenseman, the only way you're going to get that is you're giving up something that is a, a big asset for you. And the big asset for the Oilers are their core players have been here for a number of years. Oilers lose 4-3 in a shootout to the Vancouver Canucks. That means a $150 donation to the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. It comes from Booster Juice, an oasis of freshness in a fast-paced world. 50 bucks for every Oilers goal all season long. Thanks to Booster Juice for helping out the Juvenile Diabetes Research Foundation. Jerry tweeting me at Reed Wilkins. He says, great effort tonight, but surely Talbot has got to be better on the glove side. Has he done enough to be our rebuild starter? Uh, I think the Edom goal is one he usually stops. Uh, the Hansen goal, I think, was that was just a, a, heck, the, heck of a that was shot. just a great shot. Yes. Uh, I mean, I, I think Talbot. Well, here here's the thing. First of all, how I answer that question is irrelevant because Peter Shirelli has decided the answer is yes by giving him a three year contract. I mean, I think he does. His uh, his where's my notes here, Rob? It was nine, like nine twenty five, I think it was. Nine twenty five since the middle of December. That covers forty two games, which is elite numbers. Nine twenty five is elite numbers. And for the season, he will likely, depending on how it's tweaked tonight, he will likely wind up slightly above average in terms of league save percentage. So he's he's the best goaltender the Oilers have had since Dubnik in the lockout shortened season. Yep, and Dubnik had good numbers. That so good no, save percentage that he he's their number one starter going forward. They're they're not even going to worry about it in the off season. This is this is the guy, and I believe he's the right guy. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Terry, I, we just had a little glitch with the computer there. I think we got you connected now. Go ahead, man. You guys blame me for everything, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> we thought you went for beer number seven. Hey. <laughs> no, no, no. That was a long time ago. <laughs> Listen here. Uh, uh, I, I'm looking at this hockey game maybe a little differently than some people. I didn't like that shootout choice either. Uh, either you know, putting uh, Taylor Hall on the sidelines. Um, he took a penalty, but it was a questionable penalty. And to me, your coach has got to stand up for a future captain of your organization. I did not like that. I, I, I take that as a sign of real weakness. And I don't know what you guys think. Well, t- Taylor Hall is not going to be the captain of this organization, though. So, right there. I mean, but as far as... Uh, I, He took a penalty. He, he slashed He didn't need to slash him. And was it questionable? Yes. But you can't put yourself in that position. You, you just can't because he gave the referee the opportunity to make a call. And it seemed insignificant at the time, but there were seven seconds left in the game. The Canucks got two great scoring chances. And that's not fair to the rest of the team that goes out and works hard. If you, There should have been a penalty against the Canucks. I believe it was Ham who should have got a penalty for tripping. And Hall knew that. But Hall's got to turn and skate away. And forget about it. You can't slash the guy. So I'm, I'm, I don't know for sure if that's why he didn't go in the shootout. I'm just guessing because he should be in the shootout. He should be in your top three. But the fact that he wasn't, I'm guessing it was a message being sent. 
4-3. The Canucks beat the Oilers in a shootout tonight. 31-43-8 is the Oilers' final record. This was the final opportunity to turn on the Japanese Village goal light. We don't get to do that tonight. It happened all year long whenever the Oilers scored five or more in a game. And then you could go to the Oilers page on 630Ched.com and print up a free appetizer coupon to Japanese Village. Three locations, downtown, south side, and north side. You know how many times we did that this year, Rob? Nine. Yes, exactly. Seriously? Yes, good guess. Darn, I'm going to go buy a lot of tickets. You knew it. You knew it. Yeah, no, it was a guess. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, All right, Uh, tell you what we're going to do. We'll get to some of your text messages, more phone calls. We're looking for somebody to finish the play. Terry Pranich, Overtime Open Line, coming to you from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre. You're listening to the Terry Peranich Team Overtime Open Line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, that does it for the Oilers' season. They lose 4-3 to the Vancouver Canucks tonight. The Oilers never led in the game. Every time Vancouver got a one-goal lead, the Oilers did come back to tie it. The Edmonton goal scorers, Nurse Nugent Hopkins and Maroon Nail Yakupov, the only Oiler with two points this evening. He got two assists. Taylor Hall and Mark Letestu, the only two Oilers to play all 82 games this season, and uh, they both had assists tonight. Letestu also played in career game number 400. Along with Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for listening tonight. We have uh, Keith standing by on the line. Keith, how are you doing? I'm doing good, thank you. Good. We're going to finish the play with you. So you've already got 50 bucks to Panda Hut Express, but first, give us your thoughts on the game. Thank you. It was a good game, so unfortunately we didn't come up winning, so go with it, Ken. All right, let's finish the play here, buddy. On the line, oops, that's the wrong mouse. There we go. Is uh, $1,000, or, or you can bet putting the grand prize draw for $1,000 to Integra Tire Auto Center. Love your ride with Integra Tire in Edmonton, Sherwood Park, Fort Saskatchewan, Stony Plain. Yakupov in over the lawn, dishes off. A snapshot, Korpakoski deflected high in the air. Batted down by Nurse in the left corner. Puck comes back to him, slap shot. Okay, Keith, goal or no goal? Goal. Let's find out for sure, buddy. Yakupov in over the lawn, dishes off. A snapshot, Korpakoski deflected high in the air. Batted down by Nurse in the left corner. Puck comes back to him, slap shot, score! Darnell Nurse has tied the game! There it is. Keith wins the final finish pl- the play of the season, so he's in the grand prize draw. Keith, just uh, hang on the line for a second there. Oh, oh, Matthew's already on top of it. All right, we'll get back to more phone calls. Matthew, do we have uh, do we have Todd McClellan ready to go, buddy? Let's go back to uh, Vancouver. Here's Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. Had to come back to get it to overtime, but you certainly outplayed him and outshot him. Yeah, it was a, I thought it was a competitive night on our behalf, which... Uh, I won't lie, I had a bit of a concern coming in last game and on the road, but um, the guys uh, buckled them up and came and played, and, and we can't ask for more for more than that. Um, I thought Markstrom was really good, uh, especially in the second period, and then Cam had to be good in the third there late a little bit, so it was a good night. Um, we would have liked to have won. We would have reached some of our, our goals that we set internally for the last uh, segment of the season had we got the two points, but um, overall, pretty good effort. Is goaltending something, like, I hate to ask this after giving up four goals tonight, but of all the things, questions you've had this season, is goaltending one that you think you've answered? 
I think we have. Yeah, I believe we have. Cam has been uh, a real, real big part of this team, and, and we haven't won enough games. There's no doubt about it. But um, uh, when he plays, we all feel like we have a chance to win. He uh, he exudes confidence. He's positionally sound. Pretty good leader in the locker room. So we feel really good about him uh, moving forward in the in the upcoming years. Um, LB and as the backup, we've got some work to do there. Uh, we'll have to make some decisions on how we uh, we approach that situation. But I think our goaltending is one area that we've improved in. This is new for you, the season being over after game 82. Is that uh, something that's... Well, it's, it happened for us last year, too. So uh, it's back-to-back years. It's it's disappointing, but um, you know, I thought we could... Looking back at the season, I thought we could play better in in certain areas and win a few more games. We played a tremendous amount of one goal or uh, empty net goal losses or wins uh, this year, and we've got to find a way in in having some of those go our way versus uh, against us. And um, I think the skill, the the talent um, is is there with this group. It's learning how to play, how to manage situations, and. Um, you know, game management as much as anything. So we're, we'll have to work on some of that stuff. You got a lot of that base in place, or maybe not as much as you'd hoped. No, we, we've. I think we've put a lot of it in place. It's, um, you know, it can't crumble every 23 minutes. It's there. It's in place. Guys know how to do it, and then they get away from it. And uh, it's those moments in the game that really, um, really hurt us. We have to improve, and we're never going to be perfect. But if we have five brain cramps a night, we've got to narrow it down to three. And, uh, you know, positionally, we've got to get stronger, um, you know, on the roster. There's obviously areas of weakness that we have to improve in. Uh, but I think now we've got a foundation with a, a group. And when I say we, the management team, the coaches, and even the players with us, um, we do have a foundation. We have something to build off of. That is uh, Oilers head coach Todd McClellan. The Oilers losing tonight 4-3 in a shootout against the Vancouver Canucks. The shootout went seven rounds. Emerson Edom finally ending it with a goal for Vancouver. The three stars tonight, Yannick Hansen, the first star. Ryan Nugent Hopkins, the second star. Matt Barkowski, the third star. Those picked by Hockey Night in Canada. Rob and I give out the fourth star of the game for Missioner Allen Auctioneering. Try the auction advantage. We have the selection. You set the price Check out maauctions.com. Well, Rob, we can each do one. I'm going to give mine to Neil Yakupov, yep. only order to get two points tonight. I agree. I thought he was very good. I thought uh, the line of uh, he with uh, Dreisaitl and Korpikoski, I thought were very good tonight. I thought they were the most effective line for the Oilers tonight. And, and Yakupov had a game that, uh, unfortunately, he didn't have enough of this season because he was jumping. He was moving the puck well, getting to the right spots. Uh, he, he was very good, and I thought he may have been the, the best Oiler on the ice tonight. All right, we have Rocket on the line, 780-496-0063. Hey, Rocket, thanks for calling. No worries, boys. Uh, you know what? There you go again, Rob. You said it. said exactly what I was going to say. Neil Yakupov, <laughs> I thought, was the best player. <laughs> I see. I, I, I know what you're going to say, so as soon as you come on, I'm like, okay, I'm going to say it now just before he gets here. And I said that on behalf of Tom, too, just so you know. Because, <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Yeah, well, just in case he doesn't get through tonight. I, I personally, I thought Yakupov w- was better. And I mean, he missed a big chunk of games. I, I thought he was better after the trade deadline than he was the rest of the season. Well, uh, what I kind of wanted to get your take on was like how I was kind of thinking in a smaller chunk, in like a, the last ten game chunk. You know, if you're the Edmonton Oilers and you're going to move him, you got to be pretty happy. 
I agree. I, I think he's been better as of late. Uh, Yakupov plays better when he's happy, when he, when he seems like he's having fun out there. And, and as of late, I think all the pressure of not knowing if he's going to be moved or not, uh, the pressure of you know where he's going to fit in the lineup, I think at the very end, he just didn't care. He's like, all right, you know what? I'm probably going to get moved in the offseason. I don't have to worry about getting moved now. So it really doesn't matter who I play with anymore because this is this is it for me. So he just went out and simply played hockey. I'm glad you mentioned the word happy because <clears throat> from uh, what I heard from Todd McClellan, you can tell in the last several interviews that his, you know his he's always been able to handle them quite well. But you can tell in the last three or four that it's uh, really seeping through and the frustration level is elevated with him. Well, yeah, I mean, I think the frustration is he looks and, and sees what he has in his lineup some nights, looks across at the other team's lineup, he's like, you know what, I like how we match up tonight. I feel that we have the better team. And then his team goes out and doesn't play anywhere up to their capabilities. And he's frustrated. He's like, okay, I don't understand. He came from a very a strong winning tradition in San Jose. They never won a cup, but they were very good from day one till the end of the season. They had good hockey teams, always successful. And he looked here and he said, like, okay, we got some talented players here. You know, there's some, there's some warts, but we can get through those. And it wasn't so much the losing when they had the other team was a little bit better talent than them. It was the nights where they just they didn't show up and, and the, their compete level wasn't where it needed to be. And I think that's where the frustration came in, and it, it probably overboiled in the Calgary five nothing game at home. Uh, so the the last two games, the effort has been better, the compete has been better. But I, I I'm sure there's going to be a lot of uh, deep discussions between the coaching staff and the management of players that they feel compete on a consistent basis, and players that they feel might be better off competing somewhere else next year, so they can move them and bring someone else in because for for ten years. Uh, especially the last five or six, the the compete level hasn't been high enough to be a consistent NHL playoff team, and it shows in their record. So there has to be changes if this team needs to make, take step forwards. They've taken some, but they need to continue to take those step forwards. Oilers settle for a single point tonight, a 4-3 shootout loss to the Vancouver Canucks. More from you, more post-game reaction from Vancouver. When we get back, Terry Peranich, Overtime Open Line from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre. Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Peranish Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Drop pass Henrik Sedin through one man. Escapes Taylor Hall to Daniel Sedin. Back to Henrik Sedin. Waits. Chips one over to Daniel Sedin. Using a screen from Henrik. Heads for the net. Gets it back. Chips it in front. Back hitter. And what a save made by Cam Talbot. Unbelievable. No doubt about it. With 61 seconds left in overtime, Talbot robs Daniel Sedin. Save of the game for Armor Insurance working today to protect your tomorrow. Markstrom made a similar save on uh, Leon Dreisaitl and Jordan Eberle. Well, a couple of, actually, the, I guess the glove save was actually on Eberle. And uh, he got a little tip shot by Dreisaitl before that. Two of the best saves tonight. The Canucks win 4-3 in a shootout. Rob, we're also going to do our adjustment of the game for Alberta's chiropractors. Life is the roughest game of all. Feel better, move better, live better. With help from your chiropractor, visit albertachiro.com. 
com. Well, one of the things that Todd McClellan had talked about lately is putting Drysaddle on the wing with Nugent Hopkins and Hall and seeing what that looked like. Tonight he changed up a little bit, put Drysaddle back at his natural position of center with Yakpov and Korpakoski, and they were the best line in the game tonight. ton of great chances. They, they were on for two goals, four, uh, as Yakpov had two assists. Uh, so I thought that was the adjustment of the day, putting Drysaddle back where he feels comfortable as he was very good tonight. All right, 4-3, the Canucks beat the Oilers in a shootout. You're going to hear from Neil Yakupov when we get back. Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. You're listening to the Terry Peranich team overtime open line. Now, live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, good morning. It's the final overtime open line of the season, six minutes after midnight, along with former Pittsburgh Penguin, Rob Brown. I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. Again, Rob, I know you played for other teams, but I mostly remember you as a Penguin. Well, I'm glad you remember when I was good. Didn't pick well, the teams where I wasn't quite as good. You were good on the other teams. Not quite as good. You're pretty good in Chicago, weren't you? Uh, well, I was all right. <laughs> so modest, eh? I wasn't going to win any awards, but I was okay. By the way, tell me what you liked about Dreisaitl's shootout attempt. Well, I, I, I've said a lot, and you and I talk about it off-air a lot. I love five-hole. I think that the way the goaltenders play nowadays, they are set to take away everything down low. Doing that, you've got to give up something. It's five-hole. Now, shooting five-hole, you've got to be accurate. Because if you don't hit it, you look stupid because you're like, why'd you just shoot at the guy's pads? So I like the fact that he went 5 hole. The other thing I like, he shot before the goaltender was ready. And we've talked about that in, in like normal parts of the game. You know, as soon as you get the puck, put it on net because the goaltender hasn't adjusted to you yet. He hasn't squared himself. And on that one right there, he just, he, Markstrom had no idea that puck was coming. And Drysell just picked a spot, got it off quickly, and fooled him. And it was, it was a great play by Leon Drysell, a smart play. And it resulted in a goal in the shootout for them. Seven-round shootout tonight. Nugent Hopkins and Dreisaitl scored for Edmonton. Burroughs, Vertanen, and Edom got the goals in the shootout for the Vancouver Canucks. Nathan text is in. He says, Robin Reed, is the right GM in place? Yes, because there's evidence in Maroon and Cassian. Is there evidence that the right coaching staff is in place? No, not this coach and his horde of assistants. For example, punishing Hall in the shootout? McClellan has this skilled group up tight when they need to relax. we got to ditch this negative, evil coach and his throng of sadistic assistants. That is from Nathan. Sounds like some sort of book that my son would read at home, all these things. <laughs> I, I disagree. They've got the right coach. And if he benched him because he took a, a penalty at the end of overtime, well, then good for him. You, you, it, it, that was a silly penalty by Taylor Hall. It was. There was no need to take it. It didn't hurt him. It didn't hurt Hamus, what he did. And at the end, it gave the Vancouver Canucks to, and the ability to set up a face-off play to win a hockey game. So, no, it, I have nothing wrong. With, I see nothing wrong with the fact that if he benched him and that was the reason. Uh, and I believe this is the right coach. This team has been losing with this, what, it's a fifth coach, sixth coach? I don't even know what it is. They continue to lose. It's not always the coach. End. And this one is the right coach, the right GM, and now they got to make sure they get all the right players. All right, 780-496-0063. We'll read some more texts as well, but let's go back to Vancouver and hear from the guy that Rob and I named the fourth star of tonight's game. It's Neil Yakupov. It's, uh, you know, just how would you say the team played that, that one? 
Well, it was kind of a really slow start for us again, and then uh, I think we played really good in the second period. We got some chance to score a goal. Uh, we, we played really good on the part, but actually in the first period too. Uh, Toss made really good saves. You know, we we just we know it's the last 60 minutes uh, probably this group, right? And uh, we try to push it hard and do do best we can because we know nothing nothing is left behind, and we we try to leave everything in our tank. But shootouts. Uh, just a skill, right? We just couldn't score, and that's it. Digging yourself out of uh, one goal, uh, you gave up three leads to them. You guys dug your way out of those three times. Does that kind of show that you guys wanted to actually pull this one off and didn't want to give up after 81 games? Yeah, for sure. You, you know, that's uh, that's a game. You got to play all 60 minutes. Doesn't matter if you make playoffs or not. You if you still got to be professional hockey player, right? You got to finish hard. Uh, you're not playing for yourself, play for your teammates as well, you know, and uh, you play for the fans, uh, fans are watching the stands on the TVs, you know, and uh, you can't be lazy and uh, you cannot do your effort for just like 60 or 50%, you got to push uh, push a hard, especially in the last game, you know, it's nothing nothing to worry about, nothing, everything is gone, and, uh, you know, we've been talking a lot, uh, we have to leave everything, and I think uh, everyone played really good tonight, uh, and we, we, we tried our best, just didn't... Uh, can take a get, uh, can get it two wins. A couple assists for yourself. Uh, how would you say you played in your last game of the season? I'll say I played good. You know, we we played good as a line. You know, uh, we didn't cheat. We played really hard, and everything. We we try to do everything. Uh, like coach said, you know, uh, play good in our zone, make some breakouts, help our D. You know, uh, block some shots. You know, support each other, and then uh, we get a lot of chance. You know, their goal play really well, uh, but it's. We try our best again, and I think uh, as a line, again, I think we played really good today. All right, that's Neil Yakupov in conversation with Tom Gazzola from EdmontonOilers.com. Yakupov, two assists tonight. The Oilers get a single point this evening, 4-3, shootout loss to the Vancouver Canucks. Oilers finish the season 31-43-8. and Juan Don texting 636-30. Hi, guys. Your thoughts about the common thought of many Oilers fans that Taylor Hall is the so-called cancer of the room. Personally, I think he lacks leadership. He always falls and has bad body language that rubs off on his teammates. Trading Hall means a new culture and a new defenseman. Well, if I had a nickel for every time I read a text message like that, I'd probably have a couple dollars at least. Oh, good. You can buy me a pop afterwards. Yeah. Um, the Oilers are going to have to trade a good hockey player to get a defenseman. And Taylor Hall, of all the Fords, would pro- outside of Connor McDavid, obviously, would bring back the uh, the most in return. He's been their best player for a number of years. Uh, he's a guy that is uh, would be on the radar for the World Cup in the summer. He he's, he's an all star. I mean, he he's good. And if the Oilers want to make a big splash and get that defenseman that they need now, I don't know if they're able to do it. I don't know what's available. He, I believe he would be the biggest asset that the others have as far as the, in the dressing room I, I'm not privy to that I, I, if he was the perfect leader Taylor Hall would be the captain right now so obviously there's still wars and there's wars among other players in that dressing room simply because they haven't named the captain yet the cap, next captain the Edmonton Oilers I believe will be Connor McDavid and whether it happens next year or the year after it eventually will happen but uh, Taylor Hall may be moved in the offseason. This is the first season, I'm sure, the first summer that he's ever going to go into where his name will be bandied about as whether or not he'll be back here next year. There is zero doubt in my mind that Connor McDavid is the next captain of the Edmonton Oilers. 
And to me, that's more of a comment on Connor McDavid yep. than it is on Taylor Hall or anybody else on the roster. Absolutely. Let's hear from Taylor Hall as the Oilers fall 4-3 in a shootout to the Canucks. So say you want to get the win in the last game of the year. How would you say you guys performed tonight? Um, I mean, I thought we played pretty well. It was a bit of a sloppy game from both sides, but for the most part, we battled. Um, our special teams were um, were excellent again, and that was one of our main goals tonight. So, um, you know, not a lot to complain about. It's a, you know, it's not a tough game to get up for, but certainly um, there's. You know, I've played in a few of these now, and it's a bit different. So, um, to force overtime and not give up at the end is great. You take from this season. A lot of the guys on the other side are just happy it's done. Just how do you feel about it right now? Yeah, I mean, it's we're we're in 29th place. You know, that's all you can really say. It's been disappointing, no doubt. Um, but there's been a lot of strides, not only individually for for some guys, but as a team. I think we're definitely a lot better better off than we were last year. So, um, like I said, it's overall it's disappointing, but um, there is you know still some positive. All right, that's Taylor Hall, who finishes as the Oilers' leading scorer, 65 points in 82 games. As I mentioned, he and Latestu, the only two guys to play all 82. Speaking of positives, Chad is quizzing us here. Rob, he says, in a season full of negatives, what do each of you think are the three biggest positives of the Oilers' season? Well, I'll go first since I read the text a couple minutes ago and had time to think about it. Uh, Number one, Cam Talbot, who's going to finish with a 9 17 or 916 save percentage. I don't I don't know what it's updated to yet. Uh, number two for me would be Connor McDavid being the real deal, which I thought he would be, but he finishes over a point a game, 48 and 45. You know, maybe if he plays all 82 games, he's over 80. And I guess number three, if I'm picking another individual, is that Brandon Davidson seized the opportunity he got, especially when Clefbaum was out. He got to play more. And uh, he was he was a very solid defender, chipped in 11 points in 51 games. So Talbot, McDavid, Davidson would be my three positives. Uh, I, I would I would agree with the, with Talbot. I think that there was unknowns. You know, you trade for him, you're still hoping. I mean, he wasn't a proven NHL starter. You're, you're hoping that he could become uh, what you need, and he did. I agree with Davidson. I thought Davidson was a guy that nobody thought about before the season started as being here, and at the end he was. With Clefbaum out, he was the guy you leaned on. And then the third one, to me, is Dreisaitl. I mean, Connor McDavid, to me, was a given. So Leon Dreisaitl is a guy that started in the in the minors, and it was injuries that allowed him to come up. And, he, I mean, he was one shot away from having a 20-goal season. I, I thought he slowed down a little bit in the second half, but here's a lot of heavy, heavy lifting for him. So I thought he was a very po- big positive for the Edmonton Oilers, which now allows the Oilers uh, to make decisions going forward knowing that they got a, a dry side who can play center as a second line center or he can play anywhere on the wing in your top two so I think those are my three the Oilers do win seven more games than last season but they actually drop a spot in the standings from 28th to 29th uh, there were no teams as as I, I mean this is this is a, a poor record for the Oilers obviously to get 70 points but I mean last year you had four teams Edmonton, Toronto, Arizona, and Buffalo, who really lagged behind everybody else. Uh, I guess only Toronto didn't win at least 30 games this season, but uh, you know, still all the Canadian teams out of the playoffs and uh, the draft lottery, the next big thing for, for those clubs, as well as the seven others that didn't make the playoffs. That will be April 30th. All right, back with Darnell Nurse and some final thoughts. Canucks take it 4-3 in a shootout. Terry Pranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Centre.
Live from the Cabela's Broadcast Center, this is the Terry Ferranish Team Overtime Open Line on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Well, that does it for the Oilers season. Final in a shootout, Vancouver 4, Edmonton 3. Patrick Maroon scored tonight. He tied it up with a minute 27 left on the power play. Maroon as an Oiler Rob, 8 goals, 6 assists, 14 points in 16 games. He was also plus 6 as a Duck. He had 13 points in 56 games. Uh, he did everything the Oilers needed him to do. He came in, he played the big man role. He was uh, a physical presence in front of the net. He was hard on the forecheck. Uh, when he had to get into somebody's face, he did. But I think the thing that surprised a lot of people, uh, including me to an extent, was how good his hands were. You know, he obviously had the ability to play with good players because he did last year with Getzloff and Perry in the, in the playoffs. But he scored three wonderful goals this year from outside. Like not you, you think a big man like him, you know everything's going to be in the blue paint. But the, the tying goal tonight, long range shot, just snapped it right where it needed to be, short side, top shelf. So I think he's surprised. And what I like about him and the things that he has said over the last couple of days, he realizes how fortunate he is playing with Connor McDavid, and he knows that this summer. He's got everything he does this summer from his training to he talked about his nutrition to his workouts to on-ice stuff. It's all geared up to next year because he wants to play with Connor McDavid. And to do that, he's got to come in here prepared to do it for the year. He's ready for it. And I, I like the fact that he understands that it's not uh, his God-given right, that it's something that he has to earn on a daily basis. Rough night for Adam Party today. Yeah, it was, and it's it's tough coming back from an injury the first time, first game you get back from the injury, you know, adrenaline carries you through, then eventually you start to say, okay, I've been out for a while, and these guys have been playing, and it's starting to show, and a player like him, when you make one mistake, it seems to snowball, and tonight it snowballed for him, and uh, it you, you feel for the guy because he's looking for a contract. Yeah, and he's trying. He's trying. Bad, and, bad read, and he took a hard, I mean, it's not his fault, but he got drilled by... Horvat in the first period. Yeah, and then the one goal, he threw the puck up to Taylor Hall, and Taylor Hall had fallen already. He didn't take a good look to see that Hall was already on his butt. So it's tough. I, I don't think that – I think he was on the outside looking in for a contract anyways with the Oilers, but he wanted to do have a good showing for Edmonton or anyone else in the league that's looking for a, a sixth, seventh defenseman going next year. Darnell Nurse picked up his third goal of the season tonight. Here's Darnell back in Vancouver. Last game of the season, only fitting it goes to an extended shootout. Uh, is that just kind of indicative of how things go sometimes? Yeah, I think uh, you know we had our chances. They had their chances. Uh, Taubes played really well tonight. We wanted to come out and get uh, the right result, and you know, it came down to the skills competition. But uh, we did some did some good things tonight, and didn't give up when we were down there late. All things considered, you happy with what you guys did in game 82, and you know making sure you go out in style at the end of the year, try to at least. Yeah, I think uh, our, our last two games have definitely responded uh, really well to the, the game we had in Calgary, so or at home against Calgary. So it uh, it was good to see go out there and battle for each other, and uh, you know it's uh, time we get back to work. Summertime now. So all right, that is Darnell Nurse for the Edmonton Oilers, who plays 20 minutes 13 seconds tonight. He gets the goal. Well, Darnell had five shots on goal tonight. How about that? He's jumping up in the play, trying to, once again, just make a statement. Uh, young players seem to have a little bit more jump in a game at the end of the season that means nothing than the older players because 
they still relish the opportunity every time they get out and put the sweater on. All right, let's quickly run through the other town scoreboard here. Everybody played tonight. The Rangers beat the Red Wings 3-2. The Red Wings still do make the playoffs, though, for the 25th straight season. Boston is out. They were pounded 6-1 by the Ottawa Senators. The Flyers beat the Penguins 3-1. Philly is in. And that would have surprised us November 3rd, whenever the Oilers beat them here. At that point, I thought they were the worst team in the National Hockey League. Uh, all of a sudden, things turned around for them, and they're going back to the playoffs. Good for them. The Ducks beat the Avalanche 5-3. Now they got to fly over and uh, play the Washington Capitals tomorrow, the game that was snowed out earlier in the season. That is a bad break. they got to fly all the way across the country to play a game, then fly all the way back out to start the playoffs. Panthers beat the Hurricanes 5-2. The uh, Canadians get a win in their finale on home ice. 5-2 over the Lightning. Pacioretty and Galchenyuk each score twice, and they both finish with 30 goals on the season. It's kind of funny, though. We, we saw that with Ovechkin tonight getting his 50th. Good players seem to know exactly what they need in big moments, <laughs> and they all seem to get those bonus goals. And Ovechkin could get more tomorrow, but he does get a hat trick tonight. 50 on the season. Capitals ring up the Blues 5-1. Tarasenko got the only goal for St. Louis, his 40th of the year. The Flames win their last game of the year, 2-1 in Minnesota. The Blue Jackets come from behind to beat Chicago 5-4 in overtime. At one point, it was 3-0 for Chicago. The Sabres over the New York Islanders, 4-3 in overtime. The Stars edge the Predators, 3-2. The Jets were losing 3-0 to the Kings, but win in a shootout, 4-3. And the Sharks shut out the Arizona Coyotes one nothing. So, just quickly here, uh, the Central Division, Dallas is going to finish first, does finish first, and will play Minnesota. St. Louis will play Chicago. Anaheim, if they win tomorrow over Washington, will pass L.A. and get first place in the Pacific. Yeah, it was one of those games. If L.A. wins their game tonight, then the game would have meant nothing to Anaheim. They could have left Perry and Getzlaff and whoever they wanted back home to get some rest. Now they have to send them all out there because they have a good chance of winning their division. Uh, so on the other side, Washington is going to play... Just double-checking here. Washington's going to play Philly. Yep. Yeah, it's decided now, right? Penguins and the Rangers... Well, no, that one's not for sure, because I believe the Islanders have one more game left. They can leapfrog the Rangers. Oh, pardon me. Yes, they can move up in the division. My mistake. Yeah, Tampa's going to play Detroit, though. That should be set. Yes. And then we'll, we we got to see about the other ones. So a uh, few of the matchups are set. The Oilers uh, farm team tonight, the Bakersfield Condors, playing the Ontario Reign. Ontario, two goals in the third period to win it 4-2. Josh Curry and Philip McRae scored for... Bakersfield and uh, their playoff hopes pretty much done now. Well, Rob, that is it. Overtime open line. We made it. It was it was a marathon. It was a marathon. But here we are, end of the season. Uh, there were some positives. There were some ups. There was a lot of downs. Uh, but going into the off season, I'm intrigued. Yeah, it's going to be interesting because, like you said, there will be players moved that you would have thought would have been Oilers for a very long time. Mm -hmm. I, w I would think at least one or two. And well, we talked about it at the beginning of the season. We said that we didn't feel there were going to be big changes to the core unless the Oilers at, at season's end were anywhere near where they've been the last few years. And here we are, they're in 29th place. 
because of that, uh, changes will be had. And the players understand that, coaches, fans, everyone understands it. Just a matter of who's going out and who's coming back in. But I feel that Peter Shirelli and the coaching staff will sit down right now and discuss what they want, who they want, who they need, and what they need. And those will be addressed here in the offseason. Season-ending news conference tomorrow from Peter Shirelli. We will bring that to you live on 6.30, Chad. We are being told around 2 o'clock. Uh, we don't know the exact time the Oilers are doing their garbage bag day tomorrow. A lot of people to thank who uh, help with Overtime Open Line. First of all, Rob, I think a big thank you to Matthew Panaschik and Kellen Kennedy. Matthew's the studio operator tonight. They do a lot of work behind the scenes, getting a lot of the uh, tape ready and keeping us organized. Guys, thanks a lot. Great work. Thank you very much, guys. You guys were awesome. Brendan Ulrich, Scott Johnson, uh, Dave Campbell, Kyle Morris have all helped throughout the season getting uh, post-game interviews at Rexall Place for home games, uh, mostly Brendan and Scott. So thanks to uh, the th- all the stuff you guys do. It can be pretty furious after a game. All the, I mean, yes, you do get to watch a hockey game, but then all of a sudden you get to do 90% of your work in about 2% of the time. So thanks for everything. Uh, Sid Smith is the executive producer of Overtime Open Line. We appreciate his leadership throughout the season. And Rob, our third season together. It's a pleasure working with you and enjoying your insight. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. It's uh, bigger, brighter, happier days are ahead and I'm looking forward to being uh, part of that with you and uh, who knows, maybe next year it won't be April 9th or April 10th that we're sitting here saying goodbye to everyone. Hopefully we'll be able to drag it on a little bit longer and a playoff run will be had. And Rob and I really enjoy talking to all of you. Thanks to everybody who participated by calling, texting, or tweeting, or whatever it was uh, that you did throughout the season. The Oilers end it tonight with a 4-3 shootout loss to the Vancouver Canucks. My name is Reed Wilkins, Terry Peranich, overtime open line from the Cabela's Broadcast Center. Six thirty, Chad. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins, weekdays at six on Six Thirty, Chad.